It's the Breaking Barriers Podcast, brought to you by Say Yes Buffalo, the Greater Buffalo Racial Equity Roundtable, and the Community Foundation for Greater Buffalo. Here's your host, Daniel Robertson. I know you're going to dig this. Hello and good evening, everyone. We're back again this week on the Breaking Barriers Podcast. Uh, Super excited this week. On the show today, I have Kent Olden here, uh, and he's going to share a little bit about himself um, and the work that he's doing with uh, the Buffalo Urban League and also his fraternity. Uh, so without further ado, I want to uh, welcome Kent to the show. Thank you so much. All right, Kent. Uh, so let's just jump right into it. So uh, Kent, you're over at Urban League. Tell us about what's going on over there. Well, at the Urban League, I am a case manager and employment specialist for the in-school youth department. Um, I just started in that department back in January. Um, when I got down there, I got right to work with um scheduling a weekly speaker series. We call it the Wild Wednesday speaker series where we bring in prominent black Buffalonians to expose our students, um, both male and female students of color, to expose the students to career paths and just individuals achieving in the community that they may not have otherwise ever met or ever known. Um, We actually started with myself. Uh, talking about my family and our relation to Harriet Tubman just yes not yesterday this week Wednesday we had oh, Andrew, oh relation to Harriet Tubman yes oh come on you got to tell us about this is Black History Month now my <laughs> fourth great grandparents were her parents my third great grandfather was her brother okay uh, definitely connected so Harriet Tubman's my aunt <laughs> I'm a little jealous man all right. Um, in regards to uh, some of the programs that you guys offer at the Urban League for uh, specifically boys and men of color, can you tell us a little bit about uh, what you guys have? We do a lot with um, college preparation and job readiness. In my uh, position, I place the students in internships, um, work experience, and job shadowing okay. um, opportunities. So I spend my days calling all over the city trying to match the students with organizations and companies in Buffalo where they can go in and intern and get the experience for the careers that they want after they graduate from college. Oh, we need to connect. Uh, one, of, one of the main objectives of the uh, Youth Leadership Council is to provide opportunities for the young men that are serving on the council. So we'll definitely have to connect and see if uh, Urban League has some places where we can kind of get our young men involved. Absolutely. One of the things that um, we really want to focus on in regards to the council is uh, youth voice. So we don't have any youth with us tonight, but I know I know you've been working with uh, quite a few of the young men uh, throughout the city. So when you speak to them, um, what are some of the challenges they share uh, that they face? The, the main challenge that I've noticed uh, since I've been working in that department with the youth is they don't know what's available to them. Like, If they would have never come to the Urban League, they would have never known all the things that they were capable of or all the things that they can achieve. Um, One of my main goals in the department over there is to expose the students to those things that they would not have known. You know, because it's February, we're big on Black History Month. Um, The majority of our students are African-American. So when they have their classes, myself and another staff member named Eric, we go in there and we play Black History Trivia games with them. So, and it's like, it's amazing that if we ask them a question, they don't know the answer, we give them a couple of tries, then if they don't get it, we'll just give them the answer. And then they're amazed 
at the information that they're learning um, when we play these trivia games. Um, when I was in there last week, you know, they're really excited about how I'm a member of a fraternity. And one of my coworkers mentioned that I can spit all the fraternities and sororities history without stopping, like off the top of my head. So the kids asked me to do it and I did it and they were shocked that I didn't need any help. I didn't have to read it off a sheet of paper or anything. So that kind of sparked an interest for them to not only be interested in the historically black fraternities and sororities, but also they started asking me about attending an HBCU because I'm a graduate of Morehouse College too, which I talk about a lot. You know you're just set yourself up, right? Oh, what I gotta do? Now <laughs> you gotta you gotta you gotta spit for us. I gotta hear about these fraternities. <laughs> All right, and a little, but give us a little background on uh, definitely your fraternity, but um, the others as well, and then kind of talk about um, as far as service, because I know fraternities are big on service. Uh, what specific in, in the in the area of boys and men of color? What are some of the things that fraternities are doing? All right, we're gonna spit. Let's do this. <laughs> Alpha Phi Alpha Fraternity Incorporated was founded on December fourth, nineteen oh six, on the campus of Cornell University in Ithaca, New York. Its motto is First of all, servants of all, we shall transcend all." Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated was founded January 15, 1908 on the campus of Howard University in Washington, D.C. Its motto is service to all mankind. No paper, y'all. Kappa Alpha Psi Fraternity Incorporated was founded on Thursday, January 5, 1911 on the campus of Indiana University at Bloomington, Indiana under the name of Kappa Alpha Nu to sow the seed of a fraternal Phi Nu Pi. Our motto is achievement in every field of human endeavor. Omega Psi Phi Fraternity Incorporated was founded November 17, 1911 on the campus of Howard University in Washington, D.C. Their motto is friendship is essential to the soul. Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated was founded January 13, 1913 on the campus of Howard University in Washington, D.C. Their motto is intelligence is a torch of wisdom. Phi Beta Sigma Fraternity Incorporated was founded on January 9, 1914 on the campus of Howard University in Washington, D.C. Their motto is culture for service, service for humanity. Zeta Phi Beta Sorority Incorporated was founded on January 16, 1920 on the campus of Howard University in Washington, D.C. Their motto is a community-conscious, action-oriented organization. Sigma Gamma Rho Sorority Incorporated was founded on November 12, 1922 on the campus of Butler University in Butler, Indiana. Their motto is greater service, greater progress. Iota Phi Theta Fraternity Incorporated was founded on September 19, 1963 on the campus of Morgan State University in Baltimore, Maryland. Their motto is building a tradition, not resting upon one. So that's what it's like to have to pledge, huh? It's a little bit more than that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it is. Um, now, and spe uh, specifically, uh, your fraternity. Yes. Uh, in regards to servicing, providing services for uh, young men, boys of color. Uh, tell us a little bit about your, your involvement and what your uh, fraternity is doing. Kappa Alpha Psi's initiative um, to reach out to young men of color, we actually call it the Guide Right Program, but under that program falls the Kappa Leadership and Development League. And what we do in the Kappa League is just what the name suggests. We develop leadership skills um, for the young men so that they can exercise them not just in high school, but know what to expect when they get to college and know what to expect after college when they get into their chosen career path. It's just a, it's a preparatory course for um, the age range goes from 12 to 18 for Catholic. It's a preparatory course for the rest of your life, pretty much. You talked about going to Morehouse. Yes. As a as a young male of color, when you had to make that decision, uh, what what were the, 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 the determining factors for you? What made you want to go to Morehouse? I've actually known I wanted to go to Morehouse since I was 10 years old. 
Um, my grandmother was big on educating me and my siblings on our own history. Just like I mentioned earlier, we've always known we were related to Harriet Tubman, we just never talked about it. Um, but she always would sit us down on the weekends. She would teach us about HBCUs. She would teach us about fraternities and sororities because our great-grandfather, her father, was a member of Alpha Phi Alpha, and he was the first black graduate of UV's School of Pharmacy. So that made him the first black pharmacist in Buffalo. So we, you know, this is stuff that we always knew about, we were interested in, it intrigued us. So actually, me, my brother, and my sister, we all went to HBCUs because that's what we knew that we needed to do to better understand ourselves as young African Americans. So and also, you know, my mother told me I wasn't allowed to stay in Buffalo for college. <laughs> <laughs> and what, what's the reason behind that? She wanted me to go out and experience life. She told me I can only apply to one college in Buffalo, and I could only attend that college if I didn't get in anywhere else. Okay. Earlier, you talked about how young uh, males of color aren't exposed to a lot of uh, different things. Talk about some of the strategies that the Urban League uses to... Uh, engage young men of color because that tends to be an area that some programs struggle um, and sometimes young men can be, can be hired to engage and get them involved in different uh, opportunities and initiatives that we as uh, young adults feel like would be beneficial to them so what's the, what are some strategies that you've found to be successful? One of the first things that we do is we put together a team of counselors who the students can relate to. You know, we look just like them. We've been through some of the same things that they've been through. Um, but we also make it a point to, you know, they, they enjoy when we come in and talk to them. They enjoy being around us. But we also make it known we're not your friend. So we're here to help you. We're here to help you get to where you want to be and even beyond because some of us like staff members we would never guess that we would have the degrees that we have or we went to the schools that we went to or that we have the jobs that we have like but there was always someone there to push us and let us know that it was possible so we do the same thing with them because one of the biggest lessons i learned at morehouse was your education is worthless unless you go back and share it so that's what we do with the students there at the urban league pretty dope man um i feel like a lot of a lot of what you just said goes back to that whole concept of mentorship uh so i'm sure you've had mentors all throughout your life um tell us about um you know the, the probably the mentor that had the biggest impact on you coming up i honestly i would say my grandparents not that you know my parents didn't have as big of an impact but my grandparents were serious about this thing that we're talking about right now. Like, there was no excuse as to why I, as a young black man, shouldn't know anything about African-American history or culture or any of that. I remember giving a presentation to a mixed audience on Kwanzaa, just giving background information to break down the seven days and what everything is called and what it means and all of that. And afterwards, it was a Caucasian guy that came up to me and was just like, I didn't know any of this. Like, this is amazing. Do you celebrate Kwanzaa? I said, no, I don't. He said, well, why do you know so much about it? 
I said, my grandmother told me a long time ago that there are some things I need to know in life simply because I am black. And that's why I know so much about Kwanzaa, because I'm black and I'm supposed to. I know all three verses of Lift Every Voice and Sing. Do we always sing all three verses? No, but I know all three verses just in case something might pop off and I have to. <laughs> like, it's it just comes with the territory. There's no reason why we should know about ourselves and we shouldn't be proud of ourselves in knowing it. What you just mentioned goes back to tradition. Uh, and with, with people of color, specifically African-Americans, uh, I think we, we have a, a very rich culture um, mm -hmm. that's entrenched and enriched with tradition but I feel this is it's my personal opinion that over the years we've lost some of that um, and it doesn't get passed down the way it was kind of passed down to the generation that you and I are kind of in mm -hmm. um, and these uh, the generations that are kind of coming up behind us it's, it's almost as if those uh, those same values that were uh, embedded in us aren't aren't getting to uh, our young people now. So, what do you think needs to happen to uh, kind of get us back to where we were in regards to that? Uh, just just the the sharing of values and realizing the importance of uh, of our history and culture, our heritage. I guess at some point we need to figure out exactly when or where that sharing stopped. Um, when you were saying that, the first thing that popped into my head is passing things down from generation to generation. In recent years, those generation, the generational gaps have gotten a little closer, mm -hmm. if you know what I mean. So there's like no more expectance of authority. Like parents are no longer parents, they're your friends. Yeah, when, now, we, when we grew up, it was this, yeah, you automatically respected I, your mother, elders. My mother told me all the time, I'm not one of your little friends. <laughs> <laughs> but now parents are their kids' friends, and it kind of blurs the lines a little bit. So I think that has a lot to do with why some of this tradition is getting lost. Um, because it's just, at some point, it just stops getting shared. And we need to go back and figure out how to reverse that so that you know, like I, some of my students didn't even know that Buffalo had various spots that were actual stops on the Underground Railroad. And I just don't understand why. You know, like this is your hometown, this is your city. We were an integral part of a huge part of American history. And there's no reason why you shouldn't know that. So what happened? Like, how do we go back and fix it? Whoever can solve that problem is gonna be a rich, uh, a rich uh, person. Cause uh, I've been scratching my head and trying to figure it out for a while now. Cause it drives me crazy. Um, but switching gears a little bit, going back to uh, one of the reasons why why we're doing the podcast is this whole element of narrative change. Um, when you think about people of color, your opinion on what the narrative is uh, surrounding uh, boys and men of color specifically what would you say it is and how do you how do we go about changing it it's definitely not our own i'll say that um and I, I think the first step in changing it is understanding who we are period um i mean you mentioned black panther premiering today and i've seen things on facebook like i you know posts from black people saying don't go to that movie being all extra wearing African clothes and da 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 but I've never seen that 
when any other culture of people go to a Harry Potter movie dressed as Harry Potter or Hermione or whoever else is in that movie. I don't see it when it's Superman or Captain America. Why do we need to be told we finally got a mainstream black superhero in the movie theaters? Why are we being, why are we telling ourselves and telling each other, don't wear any African clothes? Don't do that. You don't need to do that. Just go watch the movie. And the sad thing about it is we're doing that without knowing why. We're do we've actually been told to do that by other people and we don't even realize what we're doing. So I think having a better understanding of our own history and our own culture and ourselves in general would make us that much more proud um, to actually go see Black Panther in full costume like somebody from Wakanda. Like, I, I, you see this? You see this? I, I see it, man. Kente print duster I got on. I had this on all day. I wore this to work, and I did not care. You talking about movie ready. <laughs> I wish I, I could see this. I did not care. <laughs> I, I dared somebody to come say something to me, like, why do you have that on? You really, you got time? Because I'll tell you. <laughs> I got time. If you got time, I'll tell you why I got on this Kente print duster. So, but the thing about it is the people that are saying, no, don't do that, don't understand what this print actually means they don't understand what this garment is all about and that's why they're saying stop so how do we get young people to turn back the tide and actually pay attention to their history actually my personal opinion is that young people don't and at least in this generation don't really have a i don't want to say they don't care but it's just like eh. i don't believe they don't care i believe they're not interested because they don't know that there is something to be interested in. Um, when I was talking about my experience at Morehouse with the students at the Urban League, they knew what Morehouse was. But then I took a step further and I told them it's the same college Martin Luther King went to. So I was like, oh, oh, oh okay. Then I took it a step further and I told them I've lived in the same dorm that he lived in. Yeah, I mean, we obviously went during separate times, but we both lived in the same dorm, and I can say that I slept in the same building that Martin Luther King slept in once upon a time. So that really sparked their interest and got them to ask him questions. You know, that's what, that's what made them interested in HBCUs. We actually took a group of students to Howard University back in October. It was during Howard's homecoming, so that was... <laughs> That was exciting for them. They got to see up close and personal what HBCU life was all about. So a lot of our students are now applying to HBCUs that'll be graduating in June. Can you tell, the, uh, tell our audience how, you, how um, young men of color can get involved in the Urban League? Oh, just come on down. Or you can call uh, 716-250-2400 and uh, ask to speak to Kent or Makeda or Deuce, Kamisha, Daryl or Junior. And we got y'all. Yeah, because I know uh, when I was coming up in high school, uh, the college tours that Kanisha's uh, with, with the, what was it, Kanisha's College Talent Search Program, yeah. those were attractive to me, and I got involved in that. It kind of changed my whole worldview. Mm -hmm. And I applied to Howard after that, and Morgan State was right. accepted to go to those schools, but financially, I, there was no way I was going to be able to afford it. Plus, I had no family down there, so it was out of the question what was going to happen. <laughs> uh, but it worked out. So we're nearing the end, nearing the end of our podcast. Uh, any events, special activities Urban League has coming up or uh, fraternity that you're involved in? 
Um, well, the, the Urban League events are for the students that we have there. Okay. Um, but community-wise, uh, Sibling and Moreau Sorority Incorporated is hosting their annual youth symposium on March 10th, 2018. It's from 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. The first two sections of the day will take place at East Community High School, and then the day will end with a mock common council meeting in the council chambers in City Hall. Oh, we need to have a young man go to that. Absolutely. Okay, cool. Well, Ken, I definitely appreciate your time being here on the podcast, uh, Breaking Barriers podcast. Um, we'll definitely make sure that we connect and um, share some information because uh, you guys are doing some initiative. Well, you guys have some initiatives going on at Urban League that would be of great benefit to the young men on our council. Uh, to the audience out there, make sure you check out our podcast on uh, a number of different platforms. Google Play, Stitcher, uh, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud. Also, we're still accepting young men onto our Youth Leadership Council. You can go to BreakingBarriersBuffalo.org and apply. And uh, appreciate your time this week. Thank you, Kent, again. Thank you. And uh, I'll see you again. And it's a wrap. We out. Peace.